Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and we spend our fortunes on beer. I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And we're the Drunk Guys, and this week we are reading our Patreon-selected uh, book of the month. This is The Great Gatsby by F. Scott Fitzgerald, and someone's starting with a beverage. Is that how you say it? I always thought it was Fuscott. <laughs> Fuscott. His name is actually Francis Scott Key Fitzgerald. Is it really? Yeah. That's, I mean, I'm honestly, that's not surprising at all. I mean, that kind of sounds like the bullshit you would make up and try to trick us with, but that is... It does, yes. So I'll start with a beer, because it's right here. <laughs> this is an interesting beer from Millhouse Brewing. It's not actually even a beer. It's a malt beverage with essence of cucumber, and it's called Cucumber Blessings. <laughs> That sounds vile. <laughs> we made fun of, fun of a friend of mine for drinking this, uh, and I saw it in the store. I was like, I could work that into Red Gatsby. Let's see. Is it because they eat, like, cucumber sandwiches because they're fancy assholes? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy's face. You should, have seen, like just listen, you should have seen Jimmy's face, listeners. <laughs> it was, he was right. Uh, he's, he said it was overly cucumbery, which I guess... You know, I can't fault them for. They did say that's exactly what it is. But, and I, I came up with the joke that I'm going to repeat to you guys that it's uh, N cucumbered by the flavor. I hate you. It's <laughs> terrible. So, does it, it really is. just taste like cucumber water? Yeah, it does. Wow. Yeah, it really does. It's got cucumber, Liberty hops, two row, six row, and Pilsner malts. But it's a malt beverage, not beer. So. Inspired by the Buddhist ceremony, Cucumber Blessing is our way to help your village through the long, hot days of summer, crisp, dry, and refreshing. I don't know what that means, but Cucumber Blessings sounded like some white people shit that they say to each other when they go to a lawn party or have a drink. It's like, would you like a Cucumber Blessing? Sure, old sport. Here's a Cucumber Blessing. It's like a mint julep. (laughs) Wouldn't Buddhists not drink alcohol? Uh, No, I think they can. That's I mean, like, the devout Buddhists. Oh, well, who knows? They give up all worldly possessions and joy, so you would <laughs> think they would. <laughs> well, I know some people who drink so much that they had to give up most of their worldly possessions. So maybe yeah, they're I mean, they traded them in for the stuff that really counts, which it, is They booze. drank themselves to enlightenment. <laughs> all right, so, uh, okay, so uh, the, the Great Gatsby, uh, it, it's not, not much happens. It's dumb. Let's go through it fast because I hated it so much. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So the main character is whose name is Nick Carraway. Like the seed. Okay. He's not actually the main character. This is the weird thing about the book is like it's told from his perspective, but he kind of just watches all the action and only does a tiny bit. And then the real care, the main characters that actually have conflict are the other people, and he doesn't have conflict with them, for the most part. He Ishmael's I mean, a it. tiny bit. So basically, this, uh, by the way, this takes place in 1922, the summer of 1922, so almost a century ago. Uh, Nick is uh, a form from Princeton. He is, it's, he's got back from the war, and he's lit, moved to New York City, well, technically Long Island, but to get a job at a law for no bank in new york city to go into the bond he's the business. shittiest bond sales like he he doesn't oh, yeah. know anything about it he goes to the library he's like let me read a book on bonds and i'll become a bonds man and he just every once in a while he mentions that it's like i've been reading about bonds and that's his training like didn't he go to fucking princeton like what education did he get well, this was he i wrote this down what he says at the beginning i was rather literary in college one year i wrote a series of very solemn and obvious editorials for the yale news and now i was going to bring back all such things into my life and become again that most limited of all specialists the well-rounded man <laughs> this isn't just an epigram life is much more successfully looked at from a single window after all so he admits from the beginning he doesn't know anything about anything, much like almost everyone in this book. They're all gentlemen of and ladies of leisure who have family money and have a job, but it doesn't really require them to do much of anything, usually. And they it's just kind of have... Yeah, was it what? Isn't a sinecure? Is that a job where you don't actually have to do any work? You just get paid, basically? Uh, uh, sure, I don't know. I think it's I'll believe awesome. you. 
So yeah, sinecure. Yeah. They have a, they have sinecures. They just sit around and collect money, and uh, which is a frequent theme in uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald books. Well, isn't he from a wealthy family? The idol he bridge. is not. Kind of. I wrote this. Down. He basically. This is kind of a lot of autobiographical shit. I mean, he. Fitzgerald was a young Midwesterner from Minnesota, and like the novel's narrator who went to Yale, he was educated at an Ivy League school, Princeton. While at Princeton, he met a girl, uh, but she, her parents, her parents did not let him marry her because he was low class, and uh, so he said, all right, fuck off, and then he joined the army and met a Southern Belle, Zelda, basically hmm. the same as Gatsby. But she was wealthy, right? She was from a wealthy She family. was. He was a legendary, I'm sure. <laughs> he had to try force her to marry him. <laughs> Ganondorf. <laughs> Dodongo does not like smoke. So anyway, Nick, he is like so unimportant, even though he's the narrator of the actual story. But anyway, he knows one of his friends from college was a man named Tom Buchanan, who was famously rich and just getting used on the football team and popular and stuff like that. Even he was, he was rich, even among the fucking Yale crowd. Yale? What was that Yale? Yeah. Yale. Yeah. Yeah. Yale crowd. And... And he's also incredibly dumb and just incredibly racist. Oh, like yeah. You're first, you're first <laughs> yeah. introduced That's to him stuff. saying something like, <laughs> I just read a book about the lower races, about how they're going to take us over. That's literally basically the first thing he says. He's like, hmm, real, real classy guy. Is what he said? If we don't look out for the white race, we'll be utterly submerged. It's all scientific stuff. It's been proved. I also like... Uh his wife is they're in good company because she says at one point i almost married a and then she uses a much more colorful term for a jewish person yes <laughs> for no reason <laughs> it's like it's gonna show you that i know that word <laughs> i mean that's just what they were called and he was like wait you want to go fly a kite she's like no, no you misheard me i almost married a and then that just goes by and then the rest of the everyone's like oh Dodged a bullet there. <laughs> <There's> no- <laughs> yeah. Uh, and anyway, he happens to know that he's like, but he knows them. He knows Tom from uh, college. And then Daisy is his cousin. Chicago. Daisy's cousin. Ah, okay. And then he, you know, he hung out with them a bit in Chicago, but they're not living in Chicago anymore. They're all living in New York or technically Long Island because they have this, because the Buchanans have this huge, gigantic mansion. Uh, and the location of that gigantic mansion on the bay is going to be very important. Because t- Nick, he lives in West Egg, which was a real town, but I believe it's been renamed since then. It's now what is called Great Nick. Ah. Did you is, live there, Jimmy? There's a lot of weird shit in this book because West Egg is Great Neck. And East Egg is basically there are two sides of the same bay, or I guess it's a bay. I don't know the words for water parts, but West Egg is the newer money people, and East Egg is old family money, and East Egg is what is now Manhasset, or what has always been Manhasset, and he just made up names, because he moved to Great Neck, and a lot of this stuff is based on like his life, and you know they were the new money people, and... Didn't fit in with the, with the old money people. And uh, sadly, I was born in Manhasset, and I lived there till I was five, at which point I moved into the city. But I, you know, spent time there. Like, we, we still go to, we would still go to church growing up there, like, almost every week. So I knew a lot of it. And, like, the church I went to was pretty chill and modest, but it was across the street from a strip mall that was, like, Gucci and Prada and clothing stores that I don't know the names of, and you guys won't either. But so it was an upscale strip mall. It was like it was like it was called the Americana. That just sounds like Long Island. Like oh, it's it's still like, Long you know, Island, but it's just an outdoor mall with all like the craziest fancy stores, and uh, it is full of rich douchebags. Absolutely. It was also the town most affected by nine eleven in terms of people killed. 
because they because they all worked in the towers on finance, bros. Yikes! But that's where I'm from. All of the Staten Island firefighters, probably, because that's like forty percent of Staten Island. If you're you're a fireman or a sanitation worker, that's that too, (laughs) or a cop. Um, isn't like is like Port Washington that area? Port Washington is further out, but they they mention places like or a place that's an obvious stand-in for Port Washington. But it's all like around there, Manhasset, Port Washington. They're all kind of like why relatively would you change the names. But like it, it's clearly New York. Like he says, New York. They mention street names and they mention Astoria a bunch of times. Yeah, where I live now, and yeah, they mention you know driving around the elevateds, which is still a thing, which is dumb. Uh, like oh, just let's put both let's put two lanes around these pegs that hold a train in the sky. Sure, uh, but yeah, <laughs> really I, he he changed the names of it. I don't know why. Maybe just cause, or maybe I don't think they were. I don't think they were really called that. But I didn't look it up, and it doesn't matter. No, no, not even a little bit. I just thought it was dumb. Uh, yeah. Like, <laughs> so this is like Nassau County, though, right? Or is it Suffolk? This is Nassau. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Great so. Neck is basically Great Neck is the first town outside of the queen's border hmm. you start hitting into douchebag land you know just everyone says bro and listens to a lot of dave matthews because it's long island <sighs> i i don't know i don't even know what they listen to nowadays it's probably just clan music <laughs> <laughs> you know what else would be great white snake great again <laughs> some clan music I was, it was supposed to be a great gatsby reference but uh not the clan part <laughs> so anyway oh yeah uh, a beer Oh, yeah, that'd be good. Okay, this is Party Crasher by Long Island City Beer Project. This is definitely a beer we've had before. It is a 5.5%. We've had that beer or we've had that brewery? IPA? We've had this beer before. Oh, shit. I really think so. I have no idea. It's I believe it's entirely possible. trying to find out more about it, but it's, I mean, it's an IPA. It's nice. Let me just confirm. Yep. <laughs> Actually, this one's a little old because I've had it for a while. But, you know, it's, uh, it's pretty good. Not super strong, but, you know. Again, if I had a lawn and I needed to mow it in this hot summer weather, then this is what I would drink. There is a part where they talk about mowing Nick's lawn, so it's appropriate. There is, yes. All right, so why Party Crasher? Okay, so Nick the main character ha- bought a house or rented a house that just happens to be the one tiny house next to all of these big gigantic mansions in West egg, also known as the new money town. Um, and at this mansion right across, right next to him, there are just wild parties every night, all the time. And people just come and they go and there are like, movie stars and Broadway stars and, and they, uh, that actually happens for a reason because Nick gets either gets invited or he just kind of shows up. I can't remember. He gets invited personally by the chauffeur or somebody of, uh, the, of Gatsby. Yeah. The owner of this mansion. So he gets invited and so then he hangs out and it's this huge thing and he eventually meets the owner, which is the eponymous, Gatsby, and who just says, calls everyone old sport all the time. And that's pretty much the whole book. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty much it. No, okay. So you quickly find out that Gatsby is, he's rich, but it definitely because he's a bootlegger. Though it, it doesn't actually ever say that's what it is, but he was definitely in the, I want to say it was the Canada trade, though there are a lot of rumors about him that he killed a man or it that was a spy. he, yes, and that he was the cousin or second cousin of Kaiser Wilhelm and, you know, all these very random things. But almost no one who's at these parties even seems to know who the host is or anything about him. So it's clear that he's not just inviting his closest friends. It's just kind of like whoever feels like it can kind of show up. And he has you more know, money than party Jesus. He doesn't care. Jesus didn't have a Definitely. lot of money though, to be fair. I mean, I can't imagine. Have you seen Israel? There aren't a lot of trees. How successful a carpenter could he have been? Well, if he, if there weren't what many, was he wood with? was in short supply, so it was very expensive. So they could charge a lot for their <laughs> trade. 
And Daisy almost practice. married one. Okay, so the <laughs> so these big parties and um, Tom and uh, I'm just gonna drink a beer too. Fuck this shit. Uh, <laughs> and they're very fancy because it's a big mansion, and you would imagine that at least some of the items are covered in red velvet because you know it's fancy. That is a fancy little material, yeah. It is. I mean, it's either that or it's what Prince made his clothes out of. So, um, be so sweaty. Yeah, imagine uh, just. <laughs> A just the swamp shirt. nuts of velvet pants. This is red velvet from our <laughs> almost sponsors, Finback, in a collaboration with Microphone Brewing. Uh, it is an imperial snacky stout brewed with chocolate, vanilla, cream cheese, and milk sugar that I guess is meant to taste like a red velvet cake. I don't really like red velvet cake in real life. Like the cake just kind of tastes like cake to me. Yeah, I don't really understand the difference. This tastes great. I don't know if it really captures red velvet, the flavor, but it's a really nice stout for a day when it's like 87% humidity. Because <laughs> I think it's only, yeah, it's only 12% alcohol. This won't kill me. So we've got these beers with a little bit of help from our friends. We sure did. Our Patreon pals. <laughs> because oh, yes, we all know that, right. like in this book, friendship is purchased with money. And we are, we are traditionalists in that and sense. And you can be our friend. <laughs> Give me our friends. Just you just gotta send us some money. It's like those commercials you see at night for giving money to like poor kids around the world. For just pennies a day, you could help support the Drunk Guys Book Club too. Cue uh, the Sarah McLaughlin music behind <laughs> this. <laughs> we won't die if you don't give us money, but we might go into withdrawal, and that could kill us. Give us money, or we'll kill this dog in the shelter. <laughs> <laughs> it's also how like her song is used. So you can sign up at drunk, uh, patreon.com slash drunk guys book club and choose from a bevy of wonderful selections with amazing rewards. You could even put any dollar amount you want if you are uh, a Gatsby like person. But you can get things like early access to our episodes. You get to vote in our monthly poll, which selected this book. And uh, what else do you get? Oh, yeah, Patreon exclusive content. Secret episodes. Think of how jealous your friends will be. They will be. So you can get your name shit out. Like these awesome people. Like Alex, Joe P, Crab, <laughs> Daniel, Amir, Hayden, Seal, MPG, 92, and Emotional Support Burrito. Still my favorite. Still, yeah, so I saved that one for last. <laughs> I like Crab, though. They lift my mood every time. <laughs> <laughs> I feel supported. You could join that esteemed club and uh, just for, for throwing some shekels our way. And uh, so thank you, Patreon people and, and uh, other people. And if, and if you're, you don't want to do that, you could also help support the podcast by just leaving a review wherever you're listening. Just round up to five stars. It's back to this shitty book. So most of the book is just Nick and Gatsby hanging out and Gatsby's parties and Nick hanging out with various folks like Tom and Daisy. Uh, he, he hangs out. He goes to hang out with Tom and Daisy. And when Tom leaves the room, Daisy goes, he has a woman in the city. I'm like, yes. What? Uh, what? And there it's like kind of scandalous, except kind of not. Because the and next then, like, day he's like, I want you to meet my lady. Come see my side piece. Yeah. And she's not good looking. She's pleasantly no. plump, I think they say. She's thick. Before they had a word for that. Yeah. And, uh, and she is the wife of the man who's too dumb to know he's alive, in the words of Tom, uh, <laughs> who is the mechanic. And they, he takes her, and they, they go, she goes to visit her sister in the city, which is actually kind of true, but it's also she, so she can bang this big, big racist guy who everyone gets drunk at the party, and then he smashes her in the face with his fist and breaks her nose. And Nick is like, Could- man, Long Island party's hard. Because she <laughs> she's, she says, like, it's, it's an open secret. Everyone knows that he's married. And yeah. they have a kid, and they live in their palatial estate in whatever egg is the rich people, the nice rich people want. East egg. East egg. But, and she mentions Daisy by name, and everyone's like, ooh, scandal. You don't ever say her name, you harlot. And she's like, I'll say it anytime I want. Daisy, Daisy, and then crunch her nose. It's just turned at, into pulp. party full of, like, Kind of like Andy Warhol level weirdos. <laughs> so, I just imagine a lot of like people wearing straw boaters. Like everyone, in the, and when I was picturing this, everyone <laughs> looks like a, they're in a barbershop quartet. <laughs> yeah, it's nineteen twenty-two. Yeah, that is probably it. 
and Nick is just like, wow, all right. I'll write that in my journal. Bond is for my job. (laughs) Ooh, lesson chapter eight, buy low, sell high. Interesting. (laughs) Tell me more. (laughs) Like he basically understands as much about business as uh, E.L. James did. (laughs) I'm going to go do the business in the cities and make money is please. I'm going to buy the business. I'm going to become a bondsman because apparently all you needed to do back then was just read a few books from the Yale library and you're like, that's it, that's it. It's yeah, probably true. I, mean, I don't know if that's true then, today. Maybe, yeah. So just later, just a bit after that, you, uh, Nick gets a phone call, gets a message and asking him to invite his cousin Daisy over for tea. Oh, it's... That's um, what it is. He, there's this other character we didn't mention, the... The golf playing lady. Shitty uh, Daisy. Jordan. Shitty Daisy. Oh. Shitty Daisy. Yeah. yeah. Jordan, right. <laughs> Jordan Baker. Which I couldn't tell, like, was that like some sort of code that she was a lesbian or something in the day? Like, you know, like why is it such a big deal that she plays golf and wears pants sometimes? I think it's just another thing where like her family was rich and she didn't need a real job, so she was a professional golfer. How yeah, how much money could a professional lady golfer make in 2020 not much but in 1922 she was like i'm just going on to the links old you know it'll be fun and my caddy is a colored fella (laughs) (laughs) just kidding they don't let them in the club uh well she's like bagger vance like carry her shit around for her um uh, what's his name gatsby in this like i don't understand like the rich people can't be direct and he's like so old sport, Nick, I need you to have a meeting with Jordan. She's going to ask you to do me a favor. Thanks. Like, what's the favor? She'll tell you. Uh, okay. And then she's the one that's like, you need to invite him for tea. Every one of these people is so full of shit that they just can't oh, yeah. do anything. <laughs> that seems to be the main theme of the story, actually. Everyone is trash, and they're all dumb and incapable of or, taking care of themselves. They just, they've had their whole lives are just having things done for them. Like, you just, I want a thing. I will tell someone, and that thing will be wrought to me. Well, yeah, well, you see, like, always da- Daisy, the, like, the one scene where you see Daisy's child, it, it says, like, the line is something like, the child was relinquished by the nanny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, they just hang around. And when she, uh, when she finds out that it's a girl when it's born, she says, I hope it's a beautiful little fool. Because... If you're smart, you're going to be miserable doing nothing. Yeah, it was like the one scene where, like, one of the... I mean, Daisy drops the, uh, the like... The dumb bitch veneer. act. Yeah, like, she knows better, but she's like, this is, the, this is the hand I've been dealt. And, you know, typical, like, I'm rich, my life is so hard, but, <laughs> you know, you don't know what it's like to have so many rooms to clean. <laughs> that she doesn't clean. That other people clean for me. Uh, sometimes I have to check the work of three butlers, but she, she understands like this, you know, she's also miserable and, and, and is faking happiness and whatever. But I just found her really annoying, especially early in the book, whenever she's trying to have a conversation, it's just the most vapid bullshit like, yes everyone oh, Nick, is the you're most a vapid. rose isn't he like a rose he's a rose like what the fuck does that mean <laughs> you fucking asshole like and then jordan is like i like golf and that's their conversations <laughs> uh, he gave me a steel putter and, and she's a bad driver no oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> some things never change I, it's kind of like the old like uh like the old jane austen ones where they just sit around and talk nothing because they're all rich and they have nothing to do so they just oh, chat shit all day sense and sensibility right where there's or any of them those whole books were just all of those books the were just whole trash, dude. the whole era all right so, so anyway he sets uh, up a tea date nick invites uh fucking what's her name daisy daisy, daisy not your daisy over for tea and then He's, don't bring nick your is husband like oh i'll just buy some flowers just you know uh just for the way home, just, just, just in case. When he gets there, his whole lawn has been landscaped. His whole apartment's been cleaned top to bottom. He, you know, because all of Gatsby's servants came over and like set up this whole like luncheon thing, flowers everywhere. And then Daisy comes in. And what's funny, Daisy says, Ooh, are we having an affair? <laughs> Which I thought was like, was that a joke? It probably was. He was a clever cousins. guy. Uh, so, and then, and then, and then Gatsby is there. He says, Hello, Daisy. 
And then they're like, and Nick is like, I'll just uh, step out over here because, you know, this is really fucking awkward. I'm going to go tie my shoes for an and hour. And then it is. <laughs> and then he comes back after an hour or more, three hours, something like that. And Daisy is crying. And Gatsby is, you know, I he's thought that happy. was the vagina. I thought it was. <laughs> I'm sorry. I couldn't tell. It slipped in. <laughs> And I forget if it comes out after this or before this, but he knew Daisy from back in the day. So this is the part where you find out all that history. So way back when both Gatsby and Daisy were young, and Daisy was still basically a teenager. It was like five years ago? Right after World War. It was during or right after World War I. Um, it was probably 1917 because this is right when all of the actually that's is five years yeah because that's when all the officers are being called up or all so many you know men in America are finally being drafted into the army and Daisy was the belle of Lexington Kentucky kind of like the most popular girl and all of the officers were wanting to call on her every ne- every evening. But, uh, and Gatsby was one of those. He was just an officer in Lexington at the camp or at the fort or whatever in Lexington, Kentucky. And he met her and they instantly fell in love, even though, but her parents wouldn't let her marry him because he was poor. Yep. Well, that sounds like that. And that's kind of the main thing. Thing Jimmy sent about. She was poor, but he goes off to the war. uh, So, and that's really sad and blah, blah, blah. Uh, There's a description of, the um, wedding, uh, Daisy's wedding to Tom, where she's like going to call it off and she gets a letter and she's crying and you obviously put two and two together and realize, oh, that was from Gatsby and blah, blah, blah. She goes through it, goes through with it anyway. While she's wearing, just to show how rich Tom is, a necklace that's cost $350,000 in 1920. That's like $8 that's like billion the dollars GDP now. of France at that time. Like, that was ridiculous. <laughs> well, not France, but... Well, uh, after the war, they were countries. poor shape. <laughs> it's the entire GDP of Africa in 1918. And Tom's like, here's some shit for you to wear while I go screw around. But then she sobers up and is like, oh, I'll marry him. I'm good. So it's, it's clear at this point that... Gatsby, it's not clear how he got rich yet, although you learn that later, that what he did is he bought the house, the mansion directly across the bay from Daisy, where Daisy lives, and held huge wild parties there every night just in the hope that Daisy would basically show up, that Daisy would, would basically go, oh, hey, there's a cool party over there. Let's go just for that purpose. So he would be like, oh, hey, I didn't see you there. Oh, it's just, oh, it's just a Wednesday, you know. I hired a 41-piece orchestra and have a... Like, he has an actual orchestra play. Yeah. I think mean, I guess that's what you had to do back in those days, but still. And he also sees something from his mansion. A beer? He spends some time... Well, he, he you know, for a book where they drink all the time, there's only one scene where they have beer, and they actually don't drink it in the Well, scene. this is during Prohibition, so most of the booze is smuggled in liquor. Yeah, they're having lots of gin and whiskey. Um, but he With cucumbers can, in them. <laughs> he can see from his uh, mansion there the green light at the end of the dock on uh, Daisy's other mansion, I guess. And he's always watching it. And this beer is called Whale Watching. And it's from Finback. And it is a double dry hop, double IPA. Double dry hop with Citra, Mosaic, Galaxy, 007, and Nelson. It's 8.5% alcohol. So you can also probably see some whales by Long Island, but he's watching that green light all the time. And that's the thing that most sticks out to me from hearing about this in school, because I certainly didn't fucking read it then, was what does the green light symbolize? I still don't know. I have a theory. We'll get to it later. Money, because money's green. No, oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> this is a really great IPA from Finback, our almost sponsors. Uh, I think they had originally made it for their... They were supposed to have a beer festival like March 20th or something like that. Oh, right. Yeah. Bad timing. Yeah. It was like it was like a week or two weeks after Pastry Town. And that's why I didn't. That's one of the reasons I didn't buy tickets to the Finback one. Also, it was in fucking Rhode Island, which is like, come on, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Like, why would I? Why would a Queens brewery have a festival in Rhode Island? It doesn't make any sense to me. But they had to cancel it, and it was called Whale Watching. Was going to be the name of the festival. So I think this was originally being made for that, and then they later just sold it. And uh, I bought a bunch of it, and it was really quite good. Did you get any of this when you ordered from uh, over earlier in the quarantine days? I did not. I did not either. It's a nice one. So after all this shit goes down, Gatsby goes on a car ride with Nick and reveals to him the story of his life. Where he's like... His name is... What was it? What the fuck was it? James... James Gatz. James Gatz, which is a little too ethnic for Long Island still. And he was a clam digger. And he saw a rich guy's boat. And the rich guy... He talked to the rich guy for a minute. He's like, I like the cut of your jib. And made him his assistant for five years. And then he got money. That's also Nick's understanding of how business works. So yeah. it fits. <laughs> I mean, well, he also still in? didn't say that he's a bootlegger, but he's a bootlegger. He had a, a chain of drugstores. Yes. It's like, I started CVS or whatever, <laughs> whatever it is. It was probably drugstores when they just like, they just hand out opium to inject into yourself. Oh, yeah. And like pills to make your lady your your lady lose that that spawn in her womb <laughs> it's like shit it's like completely unregulated but tom later says that his his uh drug stores were selling uh like grain alcohol <laughs> and that's how they actually made any money you don't know shit about medicine or business so then he he's now carrying on basically he's like pork and daisy now right like they're banging again they are they're meeting a lot. They're he fired his entire... Uh, Gatsby fired his entire staff because he wanted people who could keep a secret. Right? Um, yep. It's like the, in that movie, The Prestige, where he hires all Chinese workers so no one can talk about his secret tricks. Is that the one where he wants to clone himself and hang out with Nikola Tesla David Bowie? Yes, that is. That's The Prestige, right? <laughs> it's a good movie. I believe it was a book, actually, too. Okay. I believe so. You yes. do that for, you know, a magical week on Drunk Guys Book Club. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, after that goes on for a while, eventually, somehow, Daisy invites Gadsby to her house to have like a, you know, a dinner party or evening party with Tom there. She's getting pretty brazen. Extremely brazen. But clearly, Tom is already suspicious and he's he's very much she's my woman and you know all kinds of crap like that even though he's been having an affair for you know who knows well, how long yes he's a man and they like start to have a big argument about it but then they don't they instead get in cars they've already been drinking they get in cars and try, start to drive to the city which they do and at, and this is where it got like kind of confusing so this is where tom stops at the a mechanic okay. store. Tom stops at the mechanic, which is where his woman lives, his side piece. Uh, and he doesn't talk to her. He only speaks to the the, the husband and says, oh, I'm going to sell you this car or something like that. But yeah, his, and you owe me a dollar woman. <laughs> it was a really weird conversation. This other woman like looks at the car and looks at the other car driving away and like makes some connection and blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, at that moment, the husband, that that woman's husband realizes what's been going on and then literally goes upstairs to he like locks her in. He's like, locks her in. It's like, we're going to just move away in a week. That's a side thing. Anyway, they go to the city somewhere and they like, they're at, they have like they a go to the plaza, hotel, the plaza and they have drinks at the plaza in a giant, you know, sweet hotel room. And then there's a big argument where Gatsby tries to tell Tom, she never loved you. She she loved me. And Tom is like, that's tomfoolery. Or says something <laughs> really dumb Older about dash. it. That's me foolery. Uh, and, and Gatsby's <laughs> like, she always loved me, old sport. Stop <laughs> calling me old sport, old sport. And then he I'm like, not your buddy go guy. back and forth exactly. like that. <laughs> I'm not your friend, old sport. I'm not your old sport friend. <laughs> and I have this big argument and Daisy's crying and then but for some reason Nick and Jordan are still there and they're like trying to leave and like no stay uh so they get back in their cars now is this one he's like I just realized city. it's my birthday doesn't yeah. that like a, <laughs> yeah and they're like shut the fuck up Nick <laughs> get in the car we're gonna go we're gonna floor it we're doing 47 on the highway 
It was 1922, yeah. So <laughs> they get back in the car to drive back to West Egg or East Egg. And they, as they're going by the mechanic shop, the woman, the, the, the side woman, runs out into the street thinking... I, I don't what know happens what is she, she, she runs out and uh, she wants to like flag down the car because she thinks it's Tom driving because they've all switched cars so many times at this point. And mm-hmm. this is the and old it's days. Daisy and Gadsby in one car, yeah. and then it's Nick and Tom in the other. Nick car, and Tom, which is, are, they're like they're like minutes behind them because they're like going after them eventually. But they arrive at the scene once it's already happened. They're like traffic going on. It's like oh, someone got hit. Like what dumb bitch got hit? It's like oh, that's your bitch, dude. But. uh she steps out on the road and someone they they're going very they're going like 60 or 70 and they they swerve into the other lane to get around a car that was shitty and they kill her and they keep going yeah and it was gatsby's car it was but gatsby's daisy car. was driving so anyway tom gets out because when when they see the accident and he's just like we'll just stop by and see cuz clearly clearly even in 1922 when there's an accident people slow down to look you know, that's some things never change. Um, they really just kind of slow down and look. And then Tom realizes who it is that's been killed. And he goes, huh? Uh, I knew nothing. I knew nothing, sir. And the police are already there. And he's like, I, I don't know what that is. And, but Nick and Tom go back. But at this point they're all, they're worried because it's just come out that Daisy's been having this affair and I never loved you. But then she's like, I actually, I did a little bit because, you know, she still loves his money. Uh, <laughs> they go. <clears throat> there's like whole night thing where Gatsby is waiting outside in the bushes by uh, Tom, the, by the Buchanan's house. And just like, yeah, she's, she's going to flick on the light if she's having trouble. Like if he tries to beat the shit out of her. Because, you know, he did that earlier in the book to that other, to the other woman. And then it's like, oh, no, it's okay. And they go back. And then, but during that time, the husband thinks uh goes to the buchanans because he's like he you killed my you killed my wife and he's like no 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 it wasn't it was gadsby he's the guy over there (laughs) and then the guy goes and shoots gadsby while he was swimming in the pool he never did get to use that pool yeah it's the first time i used the pool even though all summer and then at this point I mean, this is like basically the end of the book. Nick, who's like actually does something for the first time in the entire book, which is like try and like organize a funeral for Gatsby and like tries to call people who think he might know, including the other mobster, the one who who fixed the World Series. Um, Oh, that and then Jewish stereotype guy. (laughs) Yeah, which is clearly. I mean, in 1925, this is clearly a a well-known character. Um, well-known actual New York gangster. Yeah, they, they look this up. People uh, complain about the anti-Semitism in this book when it came out, and he's like, I don't get it. I mean, these are the words we use, and that guy was based on a real guy who did the same thing, who was also Jewish. I mean, maybe all the stuff about his tiny eyes and his hook nose was over the top, but he was a real dude. <laughs> and he, he, was. he had a, like, a really weird accent, because he didn't say connection. It was a connection. <laughs> yeah, he talks like a... Was like Abe Vigoda, who who was uh, one of the chosen people. So there you go. Yeah, just every old timey <laughs> New York mobsterish guy. So long story short, no one comes to his funeral because people yeah. back then well, weren't actually well, his Gatsby's friends. Gatsby's father does eventually oh, yeah. arrive. He makes but it it's out It's like literally Nick, Gatsby's father, and the priest, and that's it. That's the whole funeral. Even though Jordan had a golf all game. of these people, <laughs> all, all of these people, hundreds and hundreds of people had come to his parties like every evening, every night for, for, you know, weeks and months. But turns out he didn't actually have any friends. Shocker. And then Nick is just sort of like, wow, New York sucks. And then leaves the he, end. Like, this wasn't the place for us. We're all from the Midwest. Though at one point, another just random thing. I remember Gatsby, cause he is, hiding his past because everyone's a liar he says oh i'm from the midwest is where in the midwest he goes san francisco yeah uh, what <laughs> i didn't mean the middle of the west coast <laughs> like, yeah that's not what yeah, midwest, that's, that's means, what midwest means to some people <laughs> uh okay. and that ends he's like maybe we were all midwesterners and the east coast is just not the place for us yeah that's how it ends now 
I, this is the second time I read this book. I, I don't know. I actually don't think I ever was supposed to read it in school. I think. Um, I don't think we did. Some, some classes did in our school. I read it in high school for a class. I then read it again in college for a class. Uh, and then I remember we'd like, because this is like a college class, a college history class. And it was a thing. And the teacher was like, it was a Monday. And the teacher goes, okay, read Great Gatsby for Wednesday. Really? Two days? Jesus. Okay. But it's actually a very short book, so it wasn't really that hard. And the assignment was something like, find the what you think is the most important quote in the book and the most important thing. And I, was, I remembered, I was like, oh, I think I know what it is. It's the part where, where Fitzgerald talks about Daisy being a selfish person. I just don't know where in the book that is. I'll just have to read it till I find it, and then I'll be done. Yay. <laughs> it was the second to last page. I was like, fucking hell. Here it is. I found it. Gotcha. I read the entire book up to the second to last page and found the quote I was looking for, which is, by the way, a very important quote. So this, is, this paragraph is about Daisy and Tom. They were careless people, Tom and Daisy, they smashed up things and creatures and then retreated back into their money or their vast carelessness or whatever it was that kept them together and let other people clean up the mess they had made. Yeah. Basically that rich people don't give a fuck about anybody and do whatever they want and don't care about the consequences. Seems to be. Yeah. Do you think that uh, deep down, though, that they all feel like... <laughs> I always look forward to Jimmy's. I hate myself. (laughs) (laughs) This is Is from the name of this beer. It's called I Hate Myself from Threes (laughs) Brewing. It's an India Pale Ale. They don't tell you much usually. No, six point eight percent. It's nice. It's not anything crazy. Uh, Fruitish, but you know, like a nice standard New England IPA ish kind of style. Nothing crazy, but better than cucumber blessings. Yeah. <laughs> I just I just googled that beer just to see if I could find information for it. And clearly a person who is high on peyote wrote these notes or or people just taste things that I don't experience in this plane of dimension. Well, you know, do it and I'll see if I can taste. They said, "Okay, yeah, ready? Notes of Wait, the cucumber beer?" No, no, I hate myself. Notes okay. of jackfruit, don't pine re- pine resin. Uh. White grapefruit, so Tom would have liked it. Yeah. Orangina. Yes. And candied donut peach. What the fuck is that? I don't know. That's not that's not a thing. That's what I'm reading this on. I will give them orangina. Orangina, yes. But I don't know. This this tastes like a candied donut peach. No, it just has a hint of candied donut peach. What the Is that a peach donut or a donut made? Into a, I, I don't so know, I know donut with candied, candied peach? peach. I can understand what that and means. What is candied peach? Well, candied, like I mean, maybe it's like um, I can understand what a candied peach like is theoretically, but I don't know what a candied donut peach is. I always thought like candied fruits, like it's like glazed, right? Like you kind of like fry it. They, with, like, they, yeah, they make it into that, like, they make it into like gummies, kind of. Yeah, it's like the shit in front of fruitcake, that garbage fruit product. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's like it, it's it's like a jujube. <laughs> But made out of real real things. It's like a high class Mike and or Ike. Yes, um, <laughs> exactly. But but what's a candy donut peach? I don't know. That that sounds like a pretentious uh, band formed uh, people at chef school. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. But I I chose this beer because I think that maybe deep down, or hopefully, all these people hate themselves because I hate them, and I think everyone else does too. But they're all just, everyone in this book, maybe except Nick, because he's too dumb to have feelings, uh, is just completely worthless. They're vapid. They have no real stake or interest in anything. There, there was one thing in it. Uh, when, they, when The first party he's at at Gatsby's place where he goes to the library and there's a drunk guy in there. And he's like, look at these books. It's like, what about them? It's like, they're real. It's like, so? It's like, I thought they'd just be cardboard. Like, people apparently is a thing where people just have fake books to make them have, have a nice looking library, make them look well, well it, read. It was the town with the new money. Yeah. 
Yeah. So the people with the old money are like, they're just faking it. But they also haven't read the books. But they also say something like, he didn't go too crazy. He didn't cut the pages. Like, he just bought the books. They've not been read. But he actually at least bought books. Because like, isn't like, back in, the cut, like, the pages are, are sealed on the, on the sides. You have to cut them oh, back in the day. I don't know the etiquette of uh, fake libraries from the 1920s because I didn't know that was a thing. But sadly, I'm not surprised. Well, it used to be that the pages of books were not yet cut. So, because when books are made, they're like print many, they print many copies sort of together and then they're like folded together and then bound. And when like you an accordion? purchase the book, you had to take the knife and separate the pages. Yeah. So, so it's saying they're it. not, they've not been read, is what I'm saying. He bought the books, but he just, he's, it's still very, very superficial. It's just a little, um, a little less superficial than they had given him credit for. Because he was basically, he was a, he was a con man, essentially. Oh yeah, he's a total bullshit artist. Like every, everyone, every but in some ways, everyone is a con man in this because they're all faking everything they do. At least he's just new at it, and he's well, not as good at it yet. He's he's trying to uh, is it money can't buy class right or can't you know can't buy taste or whatever he's, he's yeah pretending to be and he he he, he pur- purports himself to be an Oxford man. And Tom's like, he's not an Oxford man. He's wearing a pink suit. <laughs> like, yeah, they talk about just, his pink suit a lot. <laughs> pink suit, come and on. And then eventually he's like, oh, I went to Oxford for a few weeks. It's like, okay. Yeah, I was there for five months. It was pretty sweet. It was part and of the officer just... war, like for winning the war. They're like, you can go to our college. He's like, yeah, I'll try it out. But I don't like <laughs> fucking red coats. Yeah. I like pink suits. So he's faking it, but... He's I mean, money can't buy taste, but none of these other people seem to have much taste or class either. They're all just rich and don't give a fuck. Which you know, so this book is sort of thought of as so important, or one of the you know really important American novels because it really is about the excesses of the 1920s, of this time period of you know of when the economy was doing incredibly well, it was roaring, would you largely say, largely to a. It was roaring, yes. The roaring 20s, this is, and, you know, lots of rich people, lots of fancy people, um, and but this book is about that, but it's definitely not praising it. It is very much showing how just superficial it all is. It's it's a lot about, uh, we here, you know, in, in America, but in the world, we have this idea that, like, you know, rich people are something to be, like, admired, like, oh, look what they've done, They've they're successful, and they've created this life and but he's like after a while like the children and the grandchildren and the great-grandchildren of like old money families they're not anything to be admired they're just as dumb as anyone else but or have worse. or worse but they have no consequences to anything they do right well isn't it pretty common for people to envy the rich right? yeah like uh, louis ck had that bit like everyone knows what their rich life would be like Right, rich people don't go around thinking about what their poor life would be like. <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, he's, it'll suck. We'll have to take the bus." Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you know what it's like if you want to. Yeah. You fantasize about your rich life. You know, like first thing I'll do is I'll smack my boss in the mouth. You know, whatever it is. <laughs> Everyone's thought about that, and I guess what he's saying is like, "Yeah, it's not all it's cracked up to be." Where you know, it's it's not it's not the great thing you think it is. They're still douchebags. They're actually worse. They're worse. They're worse because they're, 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 like, they're like perpetual children is kind of what he seems to be saying, right? Like they, they don't ever have to learn a lesson. They don't ever they don't have, have to. to. <laughs> that's probably, that's true yeah. to, for, to, to, for certain people, sure. But yeah, they're all miserable douchebags pretending to be something more interesting. But if I want to be like really cynical... Aren't we all miserable douchebags on some level? Like everyone's like missing something or wanting something. They at least Sometimes. are wealthy enough. They could distract themselves from their misery a lot more successfully than the average schmo can. Also a little bit more destructively. Not to themselves. <laughs> no. And, and, and they, they are like essentially, uh, what's that word? Solipsism, right? Like the, I'm the only thing that matters in the universe. Like, like the kid from care. it. Yeah, yeah. Kid who like... Tom definitely has a freezer full dick. of whores. I don't think he'd keep them. They're disposable. <laughs> like, he didn't even care. He's like, the guy killed my fucking side piece. But she was a what poor. What a bastard. Yeah. 
He doesn't even care. Like she's dead. Her husband's still there. It's like, yeah, yeah, but he's too dumb to know he's alive, let alone that she's dead. <laughs> uh, okay. So next question. Um, why <laughs> How do we solve that one? <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, why do, well, first of all, why do people, because this book must be liked, right? You know, cause it's been called the great American novel. By a guy in, who in, read one novel. <laughs> things like that. It's been called bullshit. the great American no, novel. No, it was an American novel with they the word make, great in the title. <laughs> 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 they make most high schoolers in America read it, or at least a huge number. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I, I, have, I was thinking about that the whole time. Like, why do we make kids read this? You know, this is a classic. I think part of it, it's short, and it's not hard to read the language. I think that's a big part no, of it. No, it's pretty Although easy. the language is, I want to say, the kind of one good thing it does have about it is some good prose, some good use of language. There were a couple of lines still that I highlighted that I thought, was he intending to be, like, funny here? I think he he was. He's he's a pretty snarky guy. And he's, you know, he's smart. He was, I mean, I like this book. I, 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 I didn't like it the first time I read it a few years ago. I was like, I don't get it. What the fuck is this about? But I think this, t- this time, I don't know. It hit me differently. Maybe because I'm just at a different point in my life. I don't know. Or maybe, maybe I drunk. just paid attention better. Or maybe I just, since I knew it, I could like pick up on things that I didn't know the first time. Because the first time I read it, I had I had not read it before, and someone had asked me like I was like, "Oh, you ever read the Great Gatsby?" And I was like, "No, I've never read it." And he was like, "Well, he died. He uh, kills himself at the end." And I was like, "Okay, well, thanks for telling me that. <laughs> cool. I mean, I didn't say I wasn't going to read it. So the whole time I thought he was going to kill himself, and so when he didn't, I was just like, "What the fuck? I'm confused." And I was thought I, I thought I did it. I thought I read it wrong, and I just realized that person read it wrong. There were parts when I was reading it that I. I felt like it was kind of choppy at points. Like it just radically shifts what's going on. Like maybe because I was kind of skimming it and the transition from one setting to another is pretty Uh, brief. The the last sort of the last kind of section or second to last section where they're like driving to the city and then they stop at the woman's house and they're over there and blah, blah. That part was definitely choppy. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking of. Like where shit actually starts to happen. And I was like, wait a second. Who the fuck is this guy talking now? Where did this just happen? Like, you know, I found that was concerning, confusing. It, it got a little confusing at the end with the like Rube Goldberg level machinations of switched cars and mistaken identities. Where it was like, okay, who is dead? Who did it? Who thinks they done it? Who thought they did it by who? And I was like, uh, okay, I figured it out eventually. So but I just it was need it some was confusing kids to solve this. Yeah, to figure it out. Or one big dumb man, <laughs> and one a dumb man and a big racist. That guy brought up the racist stuff all the time and out of nowhere for it no reason. It was the reason. one book he read. He was like, you know, he read one book. He wanted to talk about it. I mean, at one point at the end, he's like, you know, things are just falling apart in our society and soon they'll have intermarriage between blacks and whites. I was like, okay, well, where does that come from, dude? We're not talking about that. There's no black characters in this book. You don't know any. Wouldn't even hire him. No. So I think the reason why they give it to you, the plot is fairly straightforward and there's some pretty overt symbolism shit in it like the green light which i think just represents gatsby's love for concertface daisy because he buys this mansion so he could stare at the light at her house all the time that has to represent his, his unrequited burning, burning desire burning desire yeah. his hunk a hunk of burning love <laughs> for her and it's straightforward enough that a kid who's not a very good reader could get a lot of it. And it's short and not very hard to read most of it. But that being said, I think it's a terrible book to make young people read. Yeah. It's boring. I mean, I thought it was okay. This was my third time reading it. It was like, uh, that's all right. Though I think the problem, the reason why it's boring is because the main character isn't really the main character. He just kind of is watching what is going on and telling us about it, even though it has nothing to do with him. Like in a normal, sort of more typical novel, the main character has conflict. The main character has a thing that they want to do or want to accomplish or get the fucking ring to Mordor and stuff like that. And you care about that because you, well, 
in most other books, you care whether the main character accomplishes the, the thing that they're trying to do. But in this, the main character doesn't have a goal. He doesn't have a thing he wants to do. He's just watching. Maybe there's some, you know, pull out of my ass English 101 bullshit. But it's like, he is the outsider that he's suddenly thrust into this world that where no one really has any kind of motivation to do anything except like Gatsby wants to bang this chick because he likes her. But Nick isn't really involved and he's just watching this all unfold and he has no control over it anyway. But is he really an outsider? I mean, he went to Yale. But he's from Chicago. Daisy's her cousin. But Daisy went to Chicago for a while. But she married in. He's still the poor guy living in in a little shack next to the rich guy. Yeah. Poor only compared to the, you know, mega millionaire. And he's the, I mean, Gatsby has business calls and, uh, you know, which is bootlegging. And Tom theoretically has a job. I don't know, probably like printing printing, uh, copies of Mein Kampf somewhere or like (laughs) putting on showings of the birth of a nation. But history written with lightning. Yeah. (laughs) But like Nick is theoretically a working guy. He has a job that he, he doesn't do it well, almost at all. He's selling the bonds. But he's bonds. doing stuff. <laughs> yeah, he's selling bonds. And they're like, that's a thing that we know the words of. I mean, he says at the beginning, like, he's just a, a well-rounded man, which is, which is, not, say, which is say nothing at all. A humanities major. Ouch. <laughs> I mean, it's worse than a, a humanities yeah, major. major. He didn't even focus oh, on humanities. any one thing. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever see that picture uh, of a... The of the Hindenburg exploding, but they replace it with a manatee, and like, oh, the huge manatee. <laughs> <laughs> there was a um, uh, Nick Norm McDonald had a bit about that, like the two guys in the radio booth reporting on that, and the one guy's like, oh, the humanity. I was like, you, you had to, you, well, you didn't just pull that out. You had that plan. <laughs> Who just has that line? <laughs> just says I that. can't wait till something terrible <laughs> happens for me to say this. Come on, where'd the fuck that come from, dude? They didn't even warn me. <laughs> I think all these are reasons why people read this shitty book. The question is, should they read this shitty book? And should they read it as a student or never? <laughs> or like as an adult? Like, there's got to be there's gotta be something better. I, I, one thing I, there was a couple of moments I chuckled throughout the book that I wasn't sure if F. Scott Fitzgerald was being like clever and cute. Like the characters say things like the one that I can remember off the top of my head right now is when they're at Gatsby's big party. And I think it's Daisy who says, or not Daisy or Jordan or someone else, some bitch says <laughs> big parties are so intimate at small part, small gatherings. There's no privacy. And like, that's a funny kind of line that I would not have appreciated it. Kind of true. I never thought about it, but it's like playing on what intimate means, right? Cause intimate, yeah, to be intimate is like a couple of people. I mean, like when I have intimate times with Jimmy's mom, it's just the two of us. But usually, unless there's more. Well, it's, I mean, I, someone has to hold the camera, but other than that, it's just, that's, and that's your it. feet. <laughs> oh, your mom's into those. But the, um, you know, there's like a funny little line that as a person now who likes puns and shit like that, I'm like, oh, that's cool. He was a witty guy. I agree with Nate. There's got to be something better for kids to read. I think part of it is like it's 20th century American literature that's not experimental and weird. That is to say anything after like 1965. And it's not um, To Kill a Mockingbird, <laughs> which they also have to read. Yeah. <laughs> like I think that's basically if, it. If they're limited to those things, then yes. I, I, I don't think kids need to read this. It's not something they would really even appreciate. I didn't appreciate it as a... The first time I read it when I was like 28 or something, 27, and I just read it now, and I didn't like it either. Even if you didn't, you could understand it enough, you could see why someone might, or like you could get something out of it. But like kids aren't going to get anything out of this. No. But what about the claim that it's the great American novel? I mean, now we've read about a, a bunch of books. Well, let's, so, so of the things we've read, uh, it's this, Huckleberry Finn, um, Moby, Dick. Moby Dick, Mockingbird, Mockingbird, Blood Meridian, sometimes gets called that. I don't know about that. It's I mean, I loved it, but I don't. I I don't know what the what the term really means. It I mean, means a different term. Yeah, it's it's no no one book can be the the 
you know, ultimate American book. It doesn't fucking mean anything. Well, I'll, I'll argue for this, just for the sake of it, that the great American novel might mean it speaks about the American experience in a way that is, you know, universal. And the acquisition of wealth and prestige and status and just material very shit American is thing. a pretty American stereotypical thing. Like, that's part of the American dream, right? It's like you could become wealthy. You could, we're wealthier and you could become, you know, es- escalate in uh, status. But none of and those other books are about that. that. No, but, but if that is how you're looking at what the American novel might mean, or if you're looking at the American novel, it means about American experience. This speaks about the American experience in a very specific it, it way. It must mean, I guess, different things, different people, because those all are called that too, and they're not about anything like that. Well, I think Huck Finn gets called it more because it talks about you know slavery, which is a certainly not uniquely American thing, but it's one of the biggest, especially nowadays, biggest things in American history that we have to sort of deal with in it, some It's way. always. Yeah. It's always been. It just hasn't always been dealt with. <laughs> yes. It's more like ignored, but now it's sort of at the forefront of people's minds right now. I don't, I don't know why Moby Dick gets called a great American novel. I actually really I liked just, it. Just because the guy was American. Uh, yeah. And it's an earlier book. It takes it's, place in international waters the whole time. So you can't, you can't press charges. And the whale is a citizen of the earth. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you so much, dude. <laughs> I think that one gets called it just because it's the earliest of any book we just listed. I mean, what's an earlier great American work? Scarlet Letter, maybe? You know, that's about it. I don't know. Yeah. I, think I liked it, but I would not call it the great American novel. By any means. I've never really, besides this and uh, Benjamin Button... I don't think I could really name. It can be like The Beautiful I, and the Damned. I, I read The Beautiful and the Damned. I actually like that one a lot too. I don't know which one I like better because I haven't read that one in like four or five years. But it's, you know, similar vibe. It's a, a couple of rich people who are worthless, but it's a, just following their lives of being worthless forever. That sounds like he had a shtick. Yeah, he definitely had a shtick because that was kind of what he grew up with or not grew up with but like ended up with and like knew a lot of those things and lived in that scene maybe because because he did not grow up rich and ended up in that later in life he could see how full of shit everyone was right what you know yeah yeah cool this is what he knew would you say he was good or great gatsby (laughs) well apparently the that wasn't the original title (laughs) oh yeah they they changed the title a lot it was um, uh really dumb trick melian or some weird shit like that Trafalmador? <laughs> yeah, some weird like some weird old Greek thing. And also like Stavros. <laughs> the the tale of going to West Egg in a car or some dumb shit. It was I something like that dumb. And they're I like, uh, dude, no, don't call it that. That's really dumb. I was like, I really like that title. I was like, nah, we should really uh, no, it's not gonna sound anything. Like, I like I like it. Like, God damn it, F. Scott, it's just, it just pronounced F. All my friends Scott. call me. F- <laughs> so you had uh, another one of us, Trimalchio, which I don't know what the hell, Trimalchio? I don't know. They, they mention it once in the book itself. Where it's, it's like a character <laughs> in like an old car. thing. Is it something like going to West Egg in a car? Shakespeare? Is it? Yeah. <laughs> That's what it was. Uh, the gold-hatted Gatsby. That's just fucking dumb. He never wore a hat. The high-bouncing lover. Ooh. That just sounds like a musical <laughs> from the day. On the road to West Egg, that might be what you're actually yeah, referring to. Yeah, that was pretty to. close, right? <laughs> Going to West Egg in a car. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> I don't know okay. it's, it's not Shakespeare. It's definitely uh, Angel Creek. Among ash heaps and millionaires. That actually, when they we talk, they we ignore the fact that he refers to most of Queens as an ash heap. <laughs> so Back then, you know, it was probably shittiness. just farmland. Well, actually, um, uh, was it Flushing Meadow Park? Used to be a giant, just fucking garbage dump. No, well, and it was just ashes. Yeah. So, I mean, whatever you call the book, I'd call it honestly not worth reading because I, I, I don't, I didn't need to read a book to know that like some rich people are douchebags. I know what a Kardashian is. They are kind of like that. Except now I they think they're too stupid to know that lines. they're unhappy. <laughs> they're too stupid to be unhappy. <laughs> you know, you're telling me that Kim Kardashian goes home at night and she's like. Oh, I just gotta 
My life is so worthless. It's such a sham. It's just me and my big fake ass. Just constant existential dread. And I dread. suck Kanye's dick. Oh, it's the worst. No, they don't give a shit. I think it's just, I don't know. I think books, I think honestly, if you're going to make kids read books these days, since nobody wants to read any books, there's like a million better young adult novels that are um, entertaining and will get kids to read words on the paper Yeah, and will get them to think about the text. I think I I would say yes, people should read this. I would say no, people in high school should not read this. All right. It's fair. Yeah, that's probably true. I mean, if you're a well-read person, you have to read this book. If you're a well-read person, you can shit so the same day. Yeah. But you probably won't enjoy it. You won't be... I can't... I don't, don't can't imagine anyone's like, I love The Great Gatsby. It's my favorite book. Some people... Someone says that. They do. Absolutely. I don't think that, but... I like people it. are bad. They're bad people, Jimmy. Yeah. Well, if you've liked going to West Tech in a car, room, room. <laughs> tell us what you thought. Send us an email to drunkguysbookclub at gmail.com. So uh, follow us on Twitter at drunkguysbc. Or go to Facebook and Instagram at drunkguysbookclub. And if you've listened this long, don't wait till your sort of estranged wife runs over your girlfriend with a car. Uh, leave us a review and uh, round up to five stars. Because that'll you know help us to keep shitting on literature like this. And if you want to give us a little something more than stars, we also take money, much like everyone in this book. But it means more to us because we have less of it. It's true. <laughs> a lot less. But you could correct that. And also, check out the Hopped Up Network, a network of independent beer podcasters. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.